and welcome along to the latest episode of a Thai football podcast, number 23, with me, Dale Farrington. And me, Rob Bernard. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad, Dale. Back down in Bangkok for a few days. Back in the big city? Yeah, get to some football later today. Where are you going today? I will be doing you a roving report from Patam Thani. It's in the Champions League. Excellent, looking forward to that. Although BG are not my favourite team at the moment, so I hope they get hammered. <laughs> Come on, take defeat well. I'm getting used to it. Yeah, it's getting interesting down the bottom of the league. It's very tight. I think that's that's the one thing we've got going in, in Chambery's favour is there's only a few points out there separating that whole swathe of teams from about sixth or seventh down I think yeah sure is I think we'll be touching on that in a little while we will so let's start with our match reports and our old friend Reza was first out of the blocks again this week a very happy man he travelled all the way up to Buriram to watch Ratbury earn a very creditable nil-nil draw so here he is Ties to the Match Reports Good evening from Thundercastle, Buriram. Thai League is back after the international break. The match has ended. The game drawn between Buriram and Rachaburi FC. The match since the first half is very entertaining. Even Rachaburi who were not expected to come out but they able to make some good chances in the beginning. They should score in my point of view but they can hold Buriram until the first half. In the second half, both teams are playing their styles the same as first half, but Buriram holding the ball more than Rachaburi. In the end, the game ended level 0-0. There you go for this match. A good result for Rachaburi, taking a point from Buriram. And next match will be home with Sing Changra United. Can wait for that. Goodbye for now. See you on the next one. Cheers. A nil-nil is a great result for them. That on top of the draw at Bangkok United the other week. Do you think he should be disappointed with a a nil-nil up there? (laughs) That's stirring it up, Dale. Well, they're not exactly firing on all cylinders, are they, Buddy Ram? Certainly question marks against the coach. Well, I think he might be going on holiday uh, long term at Christmas. Next Thailand manager, possibly. Oh, please. That's how it works now, isn't it? They leave, leave the position at Bury Ram and end up coaching the national team. Yes, well, he does have a little bit of power, does Mr N. But yeah, in, in all seriousness, it, I would be very surprised if he was still there in the second leg. Yeah. Yeah. The coach, that is, not not NC. Oh, don't get me hopes so. up. Anyway, we're going to have a bit more on that later on in the in the programme. So next up, we've got Steve, and he sent us this report from Kassem Bundit Stadium, where he was watching them play against the Army. Tied to the match reports. Well, here I am today at the Kassem Bundit, the Army game. There's a crowd of about, at the moment, I'd say just over 200. The game's just about to kick off. Kassem Bundit are kicking from left to right towards the car park, while Army are kicking towards the road into the ground. Well, here we're at half-time. It's nil-nil. Not a game of many chances. Kassim Bundy have spurned a few chances. They're African players, not really on form. But Army are defending really well. They're not going to score many goals because the two lads up front are only about five foot nine. They've got two guys in the middle of midfield, or maybe in the 30s. They don't run very fast, but they're just controlling the game. 
I'd say that Castamere are playing well, but oh, we're playing good football. So I think they're in a false position at the moment. Halfway through the second half, the Kassimbundi manager has taken off their star African player. It been ineffective. Army have just stopped everything he's been doing. They defended really well, playing a lot of football on the floor. Kassimbundi are just resorting now at the moment, just kicking the ball in the air, hoping for the best. It's still nil-nil. Hopefully, we'll get a goal before the end. Can't see Kassimbundi scoring at the moment. A lot more people turned up after about 15-20 minutes. I'd say there's about almost 300 Kassambundi fans and about 15 Army fans who are making a lot of noise, Get really getting behind their team. Nil-nil the final score. Yeah, it sounded pretty much a stalemate. I'll get fuller details uh, when I meet my mate Steve on Thursday. I have to buy him a couple of drinks for his match report, no doubt. I do like Steve's style. It's very laid back, isn't it? It is, it is, yes. And it, even though he did mention the crowd and that the crowd had grown, at times it sounded like he was on his own in that stadium. I think he might have gone out the back to do the quick report because it can get loud in that stand if they get the drum going. The drummer's the bane of my life when I'm editing these podcasts, Rob. I call it the Phil Collins effect because I'm I'm annoyed by him and I'm annoyed by the drummers at tie games as well. I'll see if I can avoid one later today. Anyway, moving on, we go back into T1 and Graham Watson, who's a Please Terror fan, and they're a club who've been going through the ringer in the last couple of weeks. He sent us this report, so I'll read what Graham had to say about a very enjoyable day, he calls it, in Utaitani at the weekend. We paid 380 baht for the supporters bus, which included a match ticket and free beers. Great stuff from Police Fan Club in organising this. It's a nice little ground with some of the best beer selections and offer that I've seen at Thai football. Not just the standard Leo or Chang offerings. Well done to Utaitani. They've done a good job with trying to deal with the dreaded running track, with temporary stands behind both goals. A good solid display from police. Wellington and Honey rock solid at the back. Good game for the 18-year-old police goalkeeper also. A lucky goal for police, who at times rode their luck, but probably deserved it overall. Madam Orr, the vice chairwoman, spoke on the bus after the match and said she hoped the players will be paid on the 27th of November. So that was yesterday. Let's wait and see, he says. Special mention to his mate Steve, who missed the bus and the match completely as his phone and wallet went missing in hazy circumstances the night before. We can only speculate as to what happened there. Police now up to sixth in the league, despite the club's money issues. Will we see an ACL push when the Cambodian money trucks roll into town? Or will Port come in and sign any half-decent player we have and then not play them? So thanks for that, Graham. You always seem to have interesting trips. There's always someone who seems to miss out on these journeys as well. It's generally a bloke called Steve. <laughs> yeah. I hasten to add, it's not our Steve who's just an hour match report. This is a different Steve. No, he, he would definitely miss it. And and I think Terro might learn the lesson giving free beers away to those lads. <laughs> They're going to have more <laughs> money bothered. They're in enough financial trouble as it is without feeding those lads. But my, my prediction of a top four finish is looking good now, Rob. It is. It's looking better than my Burry Ram for the title by February. I wasn't going to mention that. I'll, I'll leave that for a couple of weeks. Till, till they're actually mathematically out of the title race, then I'll, I'll bring that up again. It would give me the greatest of pleasure, I'll be honest. Hi, my name is Jamie and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. I, I don't really know where to begin with this because the last couple of weeks, 
anyone who's been following the Thailand national team, there's been so much going on, hasn't there? So what I did is I got in touch with our old friend Ta Lau, who follows this very closely, and we sat down and we recorded a little chat, and Ta brings us up to date with everything that's gone on in the past few days and shared his thoughts on the situation and what the Thailand team needs to do to move on. So we'll listen to the interview, then we can have a quick chat about it at the end. So this is me and Ta talking about the Thailand national situation, Mano Polkin, and how everything moves forward from here. Time Football Podcast. Interview. Welcome back onto the podcast, Ta. How are you? I'm good, Dale. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's been a few months since we last spoke, and I'm excited to be back on the pod again. And I think last time you were on, you gave us a few predictions about certain players. We're not going to talk about that today, though, so don't worry. You can, <laughs> you can get your answers ready for later in the season. The reason you are here is obviously the last couple of weeks have been very interesting for the Thailand national team. And I just really mm-hmm. wanted to get your thoughts on the saga that has played out in front of us all. So first off, we'll talk about the Mano era. What what were your overall impressions of his time in charge of the national team? Mano Poking was hired to do a, a very difficult job, in my opinion, which was to sort of steady the ship. Thai football, ever since sacking Akira Nishino, it was all almost like this state that will Thai football go back to a set zero again? You know, will there there be a a new head coach who has to come in with a clean slate, start everything from zero again, implement a new style playing, or will they go the route of somebody who understands the system, knows what to do, knows the players, knows the country, and can do the job right away? And, you know, Madame Bang, who is the Thai national team manager, decided to go with the, the latter option, you know, of, okay, let's find somebody who understands the system, won't take too long to adapt, and can get the result right away. And for me, if you ask me, that's a much harder job than somebody who comes in knowing that they'll have time to implement their philosophy and ideas. And Mano Poking was the right man for the job, given the circumstances. And I I thought that he achieved everything that was in front of him. If you ask me, you know, I I look at his two-year tenure as almost a a time where he had to restore some faith in the Thai national team setup. And he did that. Two AFF Cups, got Thailand to the AFC Asian Cup uh, final round, you know, the, the, the round that will be played in January. And he, he he delivered when it matters. I, I think that it's unfortunate to see him go, but it's beyond his control. It's beyond the fans' control. And at the end of the day, I think that he can leave the Thai national team position as the head coach with his head held high. I think I would pretty much agree with all of that. He did seem to be the, the right choice at the right time for all the reasons you've just outlined. And he kind of galvanised the players and the fans. You know, everybody seemed to get behind him. What has been the feeling amongst Thai fans in particular? I know what a lot of the foreign fans think, but there seems to be Mm. a a bit more of an anti-Mano feeling amongst the Thai fans. Do you think that's a fair statement? Yeah, I, I would say so. I think that, you know, the English language Twitter of Thai football, the general consensus was Mano in, you know, this is the guy who 
really was, was brought in with, I guess, in a high pressured situation that he had to deliver right away. His first test was the AFF 2020 um, competition played in 2021, of course. Um, and he matched that. And then, you know, he won the games that he had to win. But to to answer your question, the Thai social media or the Thai fans online, um, I would say 90% of them would be mono out or, or anti-mono because of the fact that a lot of them cannot wait that long for continental success. And, you know, as good as a head coach mono is, he's not really delivered when it comes to Thailand playing against higher ranked opposition in Asia. It doesn't help that top clubs don't release their best players all the time to the Thai national team setup. It doesn't help that he doesn't really have the best support in terms of, you know, the infrastructure to succeed when coaching for the Thai national team. But Thai fans in general view this as, as almost uh, an excuse at times um, that, you know, hey, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if you don't have uh, the, the best players, it doesn't matter if you don't have the right fundamentals, the right infrastructure to go out there and get a result for Thailand. If you're the head coach of Thailand, it's the most scrutinized position. Um, I think that a lot of Thai fans, whenever they see the national team, as small as not playing the players at the right position, as tiny as the reasons may be making the substitution too late, these are sort of excuses to direct their anger and disappointment towards mono poking. And I think that, you know, mono poking at times, he's gotten it wrong, in my opinion, whether that's, you know, the, the, the setup, maybe the style of play against certain higher ranked opponents. But Thai fans have always really targeted and, and really just looked at Mano and waited for him to, to to make these mistakes before getting on him for for not being good enough to coach at that level, that continental level. A lot of Thai fans view Mano as, okay, winning an AFF, winning an ASEAN, great job. You know, Mano did that with the A team in 2020, with the B team in 2022. That is the standard. That is the minimum that has to be met in a lot of Thai fans' eyes. You know, like many people outside of Thailand, many people in ASEAN would probably say, well, that's an incredible achievement. You know, you win back-to-back AFF Cups. But in Thailand, internally, that's viewed as meeting the, the bare minimum. And where Thai fans set their expectations is when you go to play against high-ranked Asian teams in the continent. And that has been where Mano has struggled to get results. And that's been the building blocks for where Thai fans use it as an excuse to get Mano out of his position. So I think that it's quite cruel on Mano that, you know, he's he's being judged on, on games where it's... It's opponents higher than him. It's friendlies at times even. It's not even a, a, you know, proper tournament, proper competition. But Thai fans, a lot of them view him not suitable for taking Thailand to the next level. And do you think that's fair? If you ask me, no. I, I think that if you see Mano's overall record, you know, he coached 37 games, the same amount as Ketisak Senamung, Thai national team head coach who coached during 2014 to 2017. And many view, including me as well as one of the most successful head coaches in Thai football history, when you stack the numbers up from Mano and Zico, it's 
more wins for mono and also uh, a higher win percentage as well. Mono poking had less time to prepare. He had squads where he had to assemble almost a C team. He won the AFF Cup the second time around in 2022 with a very weak team on paper. So uh, I think that it's not fair really to, to judge Mano based on just him struggling into the continent. I would like to see him get his shot at coaching at the Asian Cup next year in, in January. But of course, that w- that's not possible anymore because I think that a lot of the competitions that Mano has coached in, he's not being dealt a good hand. With the preparation, with the full squad, with all the resource, resources behind him, that Asian Cup in January was almost his final assessment, final test of, okay, now you have everything. Can you finally deliver? And it, for me, it's, it's almost... Uh, it's disappointing not to see Mano get his reward of taking his best possible squad to the continent's biggest tournament to see if he can compete or not. You know, he, he never got his opportunity to coach at that stage. And it's all because of sort of uh, fans just having too much of a voice and in the end, putting too much pressure on the team manager to have to sack Mano poking. So for me, not, not, not fair decision to get rid of him, but for many others, I guess it's, you know, they, they don't have the patience to wait for long-term success. I've been following the national team since 1996. And during that time, I've seen this scenario played out so often. When I first started following the national team, they were in a mess. Behind the scenes, everything was wrong. And that's when Peter With came in. There was a deal made with the English FA. And he took them into the qualifying stages of the World Cup. It looked then that they were going somewhere. And a similar sort of thing was played out with Peter With, where manoeuvres were made behind the scenes. Someone was mm. brought in. Now, yeah. do, do the Thai fans see how that affects the head coach's job and what happens on the pitch? Yeah, definitely. I think that majority of Thai fans are smart. They're very educated in terms of, you know, the the, the Thai way, you know, the for me, I think it's a rotten system almost of having, you know, a, a powerless Thai FA president who has to abide by all the orders of the influential owners of Thai league clubs. I think the system is a disgrace if you ask me. But yes, majority of Thai fans know that the system exists. Majority of them know that, you know, nothing can almost be done on, on their part to change it. But there's also a, a fair bit in the other camp where they blame everything and they put everything on the coach. You know, they think uh, Mano is not good enough to, to take us to, to Asia. Mano makes too many mistakes in terms of uh, finding a suitable starting 11. Mano's not tactically intelligent enough to make in-game adjustments. All these stuff, you know, there's, there's a, a group as well who just think it's solely on Mano and Mano is the problem the Thai national team is not reaching the Asian Cup level and it, it, it's awful to, to sort of hear these people and, and the weight that these people get on social media as well the attention that these people get because they're wrong you know it's it's not entirely on Mano yes the end game adjustments are yes the tactics and the starting 11 the formation that's on Mano but many times throughout his two-year tenure he's set up to fail you know you look at the horror show at the European tour you look at some of the squads that he's been dealt with for the King's Cup the second AFF Cup that he was coaching and many times it was people above him making sure that he doesn't succeed and giving him 
a very difficult time off the pitch so that when it comes to on the pitch things, he's not able to deliver to the highest level that he should be. So it's it's a mix of both things, in my opinion, why Mano struggled. But to, to answer your question, most Thai fans are educated enough to know that it's not entirely Mano's fault. However, with social media, you get more clicks, you get more views, you get more attention if you target the coach and, and you put the blame on just the coach in Thailand to avoid saying negative things about those in a high position who have the real power in, in Thai football. So what about the way that he was replaced? What are your thoughts on that? But as I said, I have seen yeah. it before, so it wasn't a, a complete yeah. surprise. But watching it all play out again, it's it wasn't pleasant. I put a tweet out before the day that Mano was officially sacked, saying that the, almost like the seven-step loop in Thai football. Um, number one, hire a new coach. Number two, FA slash team manager makes a really grand presentation about the vision. And I use quotations around the word vision because it's it's just a vision. Sure, there's no plan behind it. Step three, the head coach wins in ASEAN. You know, step four, fans start to dream big again. Step five, the head coach struggles in continental level. Step six, fans, media, influencers start targeting the head coach and then step seven the head coach gets sacked it's the same story over and over again and mano poking you know his era started in singapore and it ended in singapore you know both with with wins but the way that he was sacked really just almost like a a tragedy this is a man who spent over 10 years in thailand he's as good of a, a coach that you can find in asean football i'm sure he'll get a job very soon but mano poking was backstabbed you know since the 2023 king's cup prior to that when you know the 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 three powerful figures the three club owners of arguably the three biggest thai league teams decided to put masatada ishi as the technical director and the word technical director needs a quotation marks around it because we all know that technical director position in thailand you're either two things you're either ready to replace the head coach or you've just been replaced and you've been put into the position so that you don't leave um, right away. You know, it, it's it's one or the other. And for this one, it was the it, it was the former. You know, Masatada Ishii came in knowing that he would be taking over. He was just hanging around so that many hope Mano Poking would fail in the 2023 Kings Cup. Instead, Mano beats Lebanon and almost defeats Iraq on penalties, gets so much support from the players, you know, the big names like Tiraton, Chanatip all came out pub- uh, publicly to, to, to back him, something that's very rare in Thai football. So then the higher-ups decide, okay, we, we can't sack this guy right now or else there'll be a lot of backlash and... Masatada Ishii basically gets given the, the the waiting car, you know, go back to the Japan, uh, to Japan, hang around for a bit, and then await for our our call. And then, yep, you called it the the European disaster plus losing the China. That's when the the power shifted back into the hands of the Thai League One owners, and then the the trio decided, hey, it's time to to bring back our guy who we wanted to be the head coach of the Thai national team all along. 
you've already mentioned the, the three owners, mm-hmm. not by name. Do you think they're all in agreement about things, or do you think even within that trio there are there are disagreements mm-hmm. going on? There's a there's a real struggle happening there for overall power, and that is mm-hmm. probably a root of a lot of the problems that that we have. Yeah, I I think all three of them are are probably not in agreement in every single decision that's made regarding the Thai national team. And a bit of a backstory for for those who don't understand is that Police General Som Yot Pum Pan Muang, who took over the tenor back in 2016, he's pretty much been on autopilot in the past two years because he's given Madam Bang all the keys, all the access to the Thai national team since 2021. So the decisions, the coaching decisions, all that stuff has been her mainly. And Som Yot's just sort of taken a, a backseat in all this. So it's been Madam Bang's call. You know, she's been the woman in charge of making the final decision in everything. <laughs> Masatada Ishii's appointment was actually announced first on her channel as opposed to the Thai FA social media platform. So interesting to see that. Like you said, all three of them are now in charge of all the decisions that goes in the, to the Thai first team, whether that's the players that's going to be released, whether that's the coaches who will coach the team. And I think in some situations, they don't all get along. I think, for instance, um, Madame Bang probably prefers to still keep Mano around until the end of uh, Somyot's tenor. If you ask me, I think that she she probably has the patience to to wait it out a bit. But I'm not too sure the other two have. And maybe Madame Bang, being someone who's really involved in listening with fans' opinions, always checking on 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 social media trends, on you know what the fans think of her and of the Thai national team maybe that played a role in her also changing up her decision and bring in Ishii right away um that you know okay I can't wait any longer the the the, the backlash online the backlash from Thai fans is getting too out of hand I need to act now the whole wave of mono out on social media got to her and made it a uh, no-brainer for her to to sack mono after the defeat to China at home in the World Cup qualifiers. Now, putting all that aside, forget all the shenanigans that has gone on in the background. Do you think it's a good appointment? And is he the man who can deliver what the Thai fans are expecting? I really want to believe that he's the right man. I, I think that it's going to be totally different from what happened when Akira Nishino took over in 2019 because Nishino came alone without a a backroom staff. He was pretty much here to just collect his paycheck, go out and coach on game days. Ishii will be much more prepared. He has... Uh, a lot of background in the Thai style, how to deal with the higher ups in Thailand. He's been around and he knows what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say, all that stuff, which will make him an upgrade for sure than Akira Nishino. At least that's a positive. And I'm hearing that he will come with a, a, a backroom staff as well, you know, uh, assistant coaches, trainers, all that stuff. I think that Ishii has the respect from Thai fans. And that is a big thing in, in, in Thai football because a lot of the fans' opinions in, in Thailand is, is listened to. So he has that part checked and he has that part done. Now, my only concern is how long will the contract be? 
because we know that Somyot Punpanmung's FA presidency is ending in early February of 2024. If the contract is only signed until then, he'll only coach four games, which is the New Year's Day match against Japan, and then the three Asian Cup group stage games. Obviously, Thailand could advance, and then there could be more games there. But those will only be the four guaranteed games. There's just still so much uncertainty after uh, a hire. You know, is this hire just to paper over? the cracks and then when a new president comes in it's a new head coach it's a new set zero again but if you ask me is he the right man for the job right now given the circumstances given the turmoil around i think he is he's very close to the people in power in thai football he's one back-to-back troubles with Buiram and he has the support and the hype from fans. So he has everything in his power to succeed. It's just a matter of will he be able to deliver? And if he's able to deliver, how long will he have as a Thai national team head coach? And as we know, football fans all around the world, it's no different where you are, who you support, are very fickle. So if he gets off to a good start, a couple of wins, mm-hmm. we'll all have forgotten about Mano and wonder what all the fuss was about. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a quite intriguing one. A lot of Thai fans like him, think that he has the tactical knowledge to get Thailand to the next level. Now, those who, who believe that Mano was already the right man, like me, will have many questions questions about whether he is the real deal or not so it's all gonna unfold in front of us and i can't wait to see it all things considered i think all all of us want is a successful thailand national team so let's hope that that's what we get yes yes sir let's let's hope for the best yeah thanks ever so much an excellent roundup uh my thoughts well, you mentioned the culture word the other week, and it is certainly that. A far better wordsmith than I once said, the public gets what the public wants. And if they really want Mano out, well, I think they're delusional, because I don't think anyone's going to do a lot better. Any new coach, beware, because that is so weak of the team manager to sack somebody because of the reaction on social media. It's a recipe for disaster, and it's going to happen again. I think his number was up, wasn't it, a couple of months ago, and... The China game certainly didn't help. And I think everybody knew deep down before the Singapore game, even though they went there and won, that it wasn't a healthy situation. And for his sake, even though it's it's disappointing that he's gone, he'll probably feel better for it to be out of that situation. He can walk away, Dale, with his head held high. And let's be honest, the players saved his job after the King's Cup. They would have sacked him then, which shows double weakness on behalf of the team manager. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, he could probably pick and choose his next job, couldn't he? I think he'll be in demand. He will. I didn't agree with all these coaching decisions. What I cannot be done with is this underhand way of dealing with business. It's very annoying. And as you say, it just undermines everything. I mean, you, you, you're going to get that with a coach. You, as fans, none of us agree with coaches all the time and we want to be successful. But I think overall, and, and Tar brought his record up. So I think overall he, he has been successful. And, and I don't really know what, 
what the expectations are. I mean, I, I think Thailand are probably at the level that they're at. They're not going to challenge against China or South Korea or Japan. That's that's just a pipe dream at the moment. He brought it up very well, as you say, the record. And the problem is with the modern game, everyone's got a voice with social media. They, they want to be like Western Europe and they say a manager sacked after three games. You can only play with the cards you dealt with. And they deliberately tried to trip him up in Europe. It's horrible. Yeah, Chop and change all you want. Change again when they get beat by China and twice by South Korea because nothing's going to change. You want somebody in there and give them a chance and have realistic expectations. I've got sad news for Thailand fans. You're not going to win the World Cup. England probably won't in my lifetime. So just be realistic. Hi, my name is Isaac and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. We've got a special roving report tonight. You're at a, a glamorous AFC Champions League tie. Yes, Dale. Tonight I'm on my way to BG Patam United up against Olsen Hyundai of Korea. Yeah, looking forward to this one. BG playing for pride. Do you think they'll feel the full strength side? Do you think they'll go for it? I hope so, you know. It'd be interesting to see the size of the attendance as well. Well, there'll be at least one there, Rob. Are you taking your dog? No, 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 no. no I'm, I am dogless. Rob's Roving Report. Yes, Rob's Roving Report from the BG Stadium, Patam Tani, also known as the Leo Stadium, but not tonight because of sponsorship reasons in the AFC Champions League. And I've come along, I came on the newly opened pink line from Mimbri, then the uh, green line, and on the small bus towards uh, the next one at Zierangse, I pumped into a young German couple wanting to come to the game. So I've done my bit for the Tourism Authority of Thailand, brought them along and made sure they're sorted out with tickets and food and drink. Because like others, they're caught out a little bit. You can buy food here now at BG with cash, but tickets and beer, it is contactless or scam. So please bear that in mind if you come up here. So tonight's game is BG Patam United against Ulsan Hyundai, recently crowned champions of the South Korean League. So we'll see what the game has in store. Gondale and it's 1-0 to Olsen a hand day and to be fair they have been the better side cheered on by the vociferous few the crowd slowly building a lot of people obviously finishing work and getting stuck in traffic five o'clock kickoff good for us with a relaxed life but not so good if you have to graft in Bangkok yeah low cross a lovely ball played in down the channel the winger put in a low cross home defender put it into his own net from close 1-0 to the visitors 27th minute Dale 2-0 they are good so while they're qualifying from this group Swedish winger Ludvigsen who my new friends have said looks like very much like Haaland causing problems force the ball on from close range from a low cross a long uphill battle now for BG from here well, 3-0 to Ulsan, and to be honest, Patam Tani have got back into this game. It was end-to-end -end for a while, the game stretched, but a fine finish from the edge of the box. 3-0, there's about 25 minutes to go. 
1-3 Dale, he goes here again, the scorer, but all the work done by Tiresin Danga, class as ever. 1-3, we're getting towards 20 minutes left on the clock. 85th minute, we thought it was 3-2. Fantastic finish and a good ball. It did look dubious, but again we're waiting on the... Oh, we're waiting for VAR again. He knows how to suck life out of any party. Goal ruled out, still 1-3. Over in the 90th minute, Dale, and chance of VAR around me. Just as the board goes up for six minutes, held up by Adam Kersey, who I have to thank again for the tickets tonight. The trick in the goal, it looked probably offside, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's confirmed, it was offside. But I tell you what, BG have given it a proper goal this half. So the final score, it's 3-1 to Ulsan Hyundai here in Passamtown this evening. A well-deserved victory, fair play to the horse to give it a proper go in the second half, but a wonderful evening. Moral of this story, if you ever see anyone half and half about going to a tie game or lost on the way to a game, help them out. I brought two guests tonight who've loved every minute, and I've enjoyed it as a consequence. Yeah, it's a great stadium here and the fourth side is well on its way. Final score, BG Patam United 1, Olsen Hyundai 3. Have a great week wherever you're going to go, watch your football and please make an effort. Cheers Rob, sounds like you and your new friends had a great time at the game. And here's what they had to say, post-match. So we're outside BG Stadium and friends who I've met tonight that have made it really worthwhile They've come all the way from Leipzig, Sarah and uh, Sebaj. Did you enjoy this evening? Yes, it was a very nice game, Champions League, but Thailand lose. <laughs> Did you enjoy the experience coming to the football? Football was not so good, but very good beer, <laughs> very good food <laughs> and nice yes. talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. As long as you've enjoyed the beer and food and a little bit of football and the experience. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. Danke schön to Sarah and Savage for taking the time to be interviewed for our podcast. And we hope that's been a great introduction to Thai football for you. And just to echo what Rob said earlier... If you can, get to a game this weekend. It can be a local game. It can be T3, T2, T1. Just get out there and support some Thai domestic football. You won't regret it. Thanks to everyone who's taken part in this week's podcast. To Tar, to Steve, to Reza, to Graham. And thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great week and we'll speak next Wednesday.